Hey, party people. It is, what is it? It is October the 14th, 2021. And the time here in Egypt is 9.41 a.m. And welcome to another One Year in Egypt podcast. I am Kamika Spencer, and I'm over here doing the damn thing for one year <laughs> in Giza, Al-Giza, Egypt. Um, first and foremost, I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. We are at 1,700 listens. And that's y'all. That's all y'all doing that. And I just really appreciate it. I appreciate the feedback that I get from people on Instagram. I appreciate the feedback I'm getting from people on Facebook. And I appreciate the feedback I'm getting from you guys on Twitter. <sighs> I am indeed transforming. Um, wasn't really expecting as much transformation as I thought, but it's it's going down over here um, for me at a cellular level. And I'm thankful. Um, I feel really, really good in my body. I feel really, really good in my mind. I feel good in my soul and I feel amazing in my spirit. Um, I can't really explain it, but I can. Um, I do attribute it to not having access to my vices, um, not having access to the things that allow me to uh, not deal with things that would bother me or give me anxiety. And um, the beautiful part is most of the um how can i say it as my coping mechanisms drained from my body like the need to have a drink or the need to smoke a joint or the need to procrastinate left my body i never really noticed it because i was so busy being in egypt right i was so busy just um really trying to learn how to navigate the area that i live in and so I just I've been waking up every day and I'll look in the mirror and I'm like, who is that? Like, where have you been? <laughs> and I really love who I see, you know, not that I never did, but I just wasn't really paying attention because I wasn't trying to deal. I'm going to tell you all that right now. I just wasn't trying to deal. So coming here to teach also is transforming me in a way that I wasn't expecting. I was really expecting to be able to transform, you know, from teaching to writing, like to really just come over here and make the big sacrifice and just be the kind of teacher that everybody has always wanted me to be for the sake of being able to come home in the evenings and write. The beautiful parts about this was that I got over here and realized these people don't even have after school activities. So, you know, at 3.30, when we get off at 3.30, it's, you know, and that still is a profound um, thing to me because it speaks to a certain amount of responsibility going back into the home. Um, it speaks to a certain amount of responsibility of allowing the teachers and the administration and the workers at the school to be able to work a steady certain hours and go home afterwards. You know, my kid. Now, let me say this. My students will text me at 11 o'clock at night. I tell them after 10 o'clock, I don't answer texts, but they will text me. They'll text me at five o'clock in the morning. Um, well, they'll send me a messenger, a message. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, when school is out, these kids have to go back home and their parents, you know, they go back home to their parents who really do do the due diligence of making sure that their, their children are doing what they're supposed to do. I mean, and that is why I'm getting messages at all hours of the day after the work day is done from my students. And I ain't mad at that because... Being at home at 3.35 is way better than getting home at 6 o'clock and not even being able to have a moment with myself. And I can't even imagine if I had a husband and a child. You know what I mean? Like, you, you both coming home drained. Now you got to, you know, make sure the baby does, you know, what baby is supposed to do. And as baby gets older, there's homework there. So um, I just feel like... There's a certain part of this that we're just doing all wrong. Now, y'all may be like, well, do y'all have athletics programs? Things like that. They do, 
but not within the school system. I think they used to, because when I go in the gym, there are banners hanging up from like volleyball tournaments and stuff like that. And I'm not really sure how that works. I ain't really concerned about how it works because a lot of my students are gymnasts. A lot of my students are in soccer soccer programs outside of the school. They're they're in equestrian programs outside of the school. So those students who um, have an intention to be active, they're active. And our kids get 800,000 breaks during the day. It's always some kids outside around here. You look out that window at any point in time, and it's some kids outside playing soccer, playing whatever with their teachers, um, just hanging out. Um, these kids get breaks during the day, so they can be athletic. And to be honest, competitive athletics, um, because it's such a money-making, egotistical-based kind of thing now, it's become more about the adults than the children. It's, it's become more about how the, the program looks more than what it's actually doing. And we are pipelining our boys and our girls into these systems that really aren't good for them. Ask Simone Biles, right? So um, I ain't really down with it anyway. I mean, I know some people are like, man, I got to get my son in this program so he could, because he, he got the, he got, he has the, he has the um, potential to go pro. But they take such a beating. It's such a mental beating and it doesn't allow them to be emotionally um intelligent so i'm not down for it i'm just not down with it um so whatever anywho um with that being said this week so i realize that i have a lot of girl power in my classroom and i have one student named shada and shada is um first of all she's a beast i don't know where she came from when school first started um Miriam was my like Miriam came up and was like I am this and I will help you miss and I will do whatever you need me to do and Miriam is still boss like listen y'all I got some girl power in my classroom that is literally magical these girls run the classroom from left right side up down any angle when I tell you when I walk in there and they go miss where's the pen where's the paper where's whatever take my backpack off, whatever it is, they do it. It's almost like I'm going through a Cinderella transformation every time I walk into this classroom. But I got to talk about Shada, y'all. Now, Shada. Okay, so I have two, I have, Miriam is my main board prefect. She started out as my main board prefect because she stepped up to the plate. And whenever I would need help, she was always like right there by my side. And over a period of time, there's there's like six girls. There's Shada, Miriam, um, Asil, and then there's two others. But I, I oh uh, Laura, Laura just had her eight, 11th birthday, and there's one more. But I can't ever remember her name. It's some of them I get. It's two of them I still get a little confused with. Now. These are the main ones. This is the main group. Now, the whole class is boss. Don't get me, don't get it twisted just because I'm not mentioning any of these other names. But let me get back to Shada. So, Miriam was my main board prefect, and Shada was one of my um, academic prefects. But Shada wanted more responsibility, but at the time, I was still trying to get to know the students, and I would just tell her, just hold tight, just hold tight, just hold tight. Well, I put Shada on board. I, I made Shada a partnering board prefect for Miriam so that whenever Miriam wasn't there, Shada would be my board prefect. And then I gave Shada, we go to class on Sunday, I gave Shada Mondays because on Mondays, the board prefect has to play the student life organization radio. And I was like, let me let Shada do that, you know, so... Sunday would be Miriam, Tuesday Shada, Wednesday, Thursday, uh-uh, two, mm. when, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it would be Miriam. Well, one day, and I don't know when it happened, y'all, I just, I'm telling y'all, I looked up one day and Shada was co-teaching the class. She had, she was right at the board. She was like, miss, I'm going to sit at the board and whenever you need me to move the pages to, to change the slides, I'll change the slides. And I was like, fine, good. And it has gone from that one day to literally every day. Shada is at the board, turning the slide pages when I need them, 
and talking out of turn. So I, I finally got her down to like, shout, I need you to raise your hand when you're talking. I like, get it. You know, I love the fact that you're you're proactive. And, you know, I had to tell her and Miriam, you know, I need y'all to sit down and figure out a schedule for each other. Like somebody takes certain days and somebody take the other certain days. And they've done that. And for the most part, everything works. But for the when I come to class now, Shada is like right there in the front, ready to rock and roll. So much so that this past week, while I've been teaching class, she's been reading a novel. This is a sixth grader, y'all. This girl has been reading. <laughs> and when I ask her, like, Shada, uh, what is a, you know, perfect tense, blah, 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 blah. She's like, oh, well, that's this, miss. You know, this, la, da, 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 da. So she's a brilliant child. She's a brilliant, brilliant child. But one day, Shada came up to me while I was talking to another student, and she did the one thing that I kind of, you know what, it's a red flag for me with any child. And that is when a child comes up to me and they go, look, miss, I'm almost taller than you. Because that's that's a growth mark. For any adult who's listening to this right now, if you have a child, they all do it. What I'm telling you is that's a growth mark. And what does that mean, Kamika? That means that your child is starting to see in a place within themselves an area of domination over you. To be able to look an adult in the eye and know that you're still in a child's place is a power move for a child. So I and kids always do it with me because I'm pretty short. So I always have to check them and say, well, you may be taller than me, but you're not smarter. So go sit down. You know, that's what I have to say. You know, I'm the, I'm the adult here. I have the most information. And even if you're smarter than me, I'm getting the paycheck here. So, you know, I'll come up with something that's truthful and but that's not hard for them to swallow. I don't say don't be doing that. You know, get off me, all of that. So Shada has become... And you know what? Shada has not become. Who Shada is, is is starting to blossom in front of me. And this girl has fire, y'all. She's got so much fire. She loves to argue. She, she loves to state her case. So one day, this past week, it may have been Monday or, t- Monday or Tuesday. I was teaching the class. Shada was over to my right. And I'm talking about Hannibal. We're reading Hannibal right now. So I'm making some kind of statement about Hannibal. And Shada just starts talking over. Like, I'm walking around the class. So at this point, I'm like at the back of the class talking about Hannibal. Shada is at the front of the class. And she just finishes my whole sentence correctly and just starts telling the kids what I'm trying to tell them. I let her get away with it. And I was like, thank you, Shada. Very good. Next time, could you raise your hand? I continue teaching and I get to a point to where, because sometimes y'all, we have, according to the pacing chart, I may have six to seven pages that I got to get through in 45 minutes. Now, 45 minutes may sound like a lot, but it takes you a good 15 minutes just to get roll. Um, I have to check their homework. I have to check their diaries. I have to make sure they have their copy books out. You have to make sure the classroom is clean before you start. And God forbid if you got to play some SLO radio or they have to do their high frequency sentences before you can actually do your lesson. Right. So this was one of those days where I'm like, they want to read. I'm like, I'm only going to let three of y'all read today because we really got to get through this. So Miss Kamika is going to read most of the, the text that we have. So I done told Shada once. I done let her get away with teaching the class. And she's so capable. Like, these y'all, it's gonna, we're going to have a winning season. We're going to have a winning season. Um, but I had already, you know, I get back to teaching. And um, a couple of kids are talking. So I just, sometimes I just get fed up. And I just tell my discipline prefect, I'll just start saying, write their name down. Write their name down. Write his name down. Why, miss? Because what? I didn't say nothing. Yes, you were. You was talking. I was looking right at you. So... In this particular moment, I'm teaching, everybody's quiet. I'm back up at the front of the classroom. Shada is right to my right. Like, I can, my arms are kind of short, so I'm going to say this. I can reach my arm out, 
And even though I'm not touching her, she, if I lean, I can touch her. She's right there. Her and one of my male students who, um, I don't know. I don't know about him, y'all. These little boys, they, he, he never sits down. I can never get him to stay in his seat. And he is an occasional rambler. So he gets bored. He'll quit. If, when he gets bored with the lesson, he'll start talking to another student. So on this particular day, I had told the student, I had passed out a handout. And I didn't have enough. So some of the students had taken pictures of the handout on their phones. So we're all reading the handout together. And this little boy who somebody from another class has moved him into another seat, which is right where Shada is. He starts telling Shada she's um, she's not supposed to have her phone out. Now, mind y'all, this little boy, we done had I done told the kids seven minutes ago, if you can take a picture of it with your phone or your tablets, that's fine with me. Just make sure you're um, keeping up with the lesson. You stay on task. If I walk by you and I see that you're not on task with your phone or your tablet, I'm going to take it up. So I don't know where he gets the idea from all of a sudden that he wants to call Shada out. Well, anyway, Shada being Shada, she starts arguing with him. So I don't even hesitate, y'all, because I done just went on a like a major, major discipline thing where I didn't had other people get their names written down. And I've said to the class, raise your hands. If you got something to say, raise your hands. So when when Shada and this student are arguing, I just tell my discipline, write Shada's name down (laughs) and write this dude's name down. And Shada was like, but miss, but miss, I wasn't even, he was, he was talking to me. That's what they always say. He was talking to me. He was talking to me. So bell rings because this is happening right at the end of class. So Shada comes up to me and I'm so excited, y'all, because. I love a kid that's ready to state their case. I love a kid that wants to come up and defend themselves about why I should not have put them on the discipline sheet. I be so ready. And I love it. Because most kids start crying and just leave. Or most kids just take it. Which they, the kids who take it, I'm like, good. Because you know you were doing wrong. And then there are those kids who, um... They want to argue, but it's always some other kid that was like, yeah, you was talking. So they can't really argue. Whereas Shada is like ready. She's always so ready. So she comes up and she's like, miss, um, I, you have got to take my name off the discipline list because I was not talking. I was like, yes, you were. Well, miss, he told me that I was not supposed to have my phone out and I was telling him, yes, I could. And I was like, but Shada, I was right there. I was, I was right there. You, all you had to do would say, Miss Kamika, such and such is talking to me, and I don't want to get in trouble. Y'all have got to learn how to say that. Because these kids, let me tell y'all something about these Egyptian kids. I don't know where they get it from. They talk loud, and they will argue back with you. Like, and not on some, man, you being wrong. You did. They be on some, miss. I was saying this to him because this and this and or miss it was him. He was the one saying it's like this very like articulated, calculated attempt from a very intentional space to say this is why you shouldn't have my name on that list. Now, I get why they're saying it because they it, this shit is going to show up at home and they might get smacked upside the head with a shoe. I don't know. But it's something in the energetic way that most of these kids will argue with me. So me and Shada are now going back and forth and I'm telling her, you, she was like, miss, I only said one word. Now we don't got down to one word. We don't went from, he was telling me I couldn't use my phone and I was telling him I could all the way to, but I only said one word. I said, and she's saying whatever the word was. I can't even remember now. I think she was saying so or no or whatever. Well, (laughs) <laughs> I said, Shada, you were saying more than that. I don't know what it was because it was in the moment. But you were saying more than that. And then Miriam, <laughs> who is Shada's friend, says, 
Shada, you told him that basically you could use the phone because Miss Kamika said you could. Now, mind you, I'm in between Miriam and Shada. I'm at the board. Shada's to my right. Miriam is in her desk to the left. So Miriam is very um, observant. She's probably going to make a great writer one day if she chooses to go into that field because she's very, 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 very observant. She's very... She look, you know, there are moments when I will catch her looking at another student, not in a way of being nosy, but she's observing them like she's literally like taking it in. So Miriam comes over, puts her arm around Shada and says, well, you said this. And I said, see, Shada, you did say more than just one word. And Shada was like, but no, miss, but no, but miss. And I said, Shada, this is exactly what I told this, this child. I said, I really love the fact that you argue. I said, I don't ever want to, I don't, it is not my intention or job to kill that in you. And I do not want you to let that die. You are very strong. You have a beautiful, strong personality. And the fact that you have the ability to argue is something that will save you many, 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 many times in your life. Just not right now. I said, you have a lot of power and you have got to learn how to not use your power on powerless people. This little boy in the class, I call him a brick wall. And the other day he was like, miss, I take it to offense that you called me a brick wall. I said, but you are. I said, you don't listen. And I said, imagine me talking to a brick wall. Do you think the brick wall heard me? Well, no. I said, that's how you are. You are like simile. I just gave a simile example. You are like a brick wall. Because you have to be careful. Because if a kid says something like that to you, they're like, I take offense that you do this or do this. They, they, that means they're going to go home and tell their parents. So my goal is to say, well, this is what you need to tell your mama when you tell her that I called you a brick wall. So he was like, I understand. <laughs> and he accepted it. He was like, you're right. You know, whatever. He goes on on his merry way out the classroom door. But I tell Shada, you have too much power to argue with a brick wall. That boy is a brick wall right now. And he actually is the kind of student who has the power to pull in a student who's on task, minding their own business, getting their lesson. He has the ability. It's like a superpower. Because kids be like, miss, he's talking to me. Or miss, he came over here and took my paper and threw it on the floor or miss. I mean, he just has a power. He has a power. Um, I have another little boy in the classroom who doesn't necessarily have the same power. He has a disruptive tendency, but he can't disturb all of the students. There are some students who are like, get off me. Like, don't come to my desk and he'll have to back off. But this little, my brick wall is something about him. Anywho, so Shada is like, she's now... I'm I'm killing her with kindness at this point because she really loves what I'm telling her about her. And I think it's because it's the truth. I love a kid that, that, that can argue. And I love a kid that can argue on point. I love a kid who's really trying to make me understand why I shouldn't have done what I did. And Because most of the time they can convince me and I'll go, you're right. You know what? You're absolutely right. Because I can have the tendency as an educator to be so emotional that I'll make a split decision on a kid that that kid probably didn't deserve. And nine times out of ten, these kids will come with some kind of little witness that'll say, no, really, miss, he wasn't really talking. And I'll go, okay, well, let me just erase everything that just happened. We'll start fresh tomorrow. You know, I'm very much that educator. So, but that wasn't, shout out, I was like, no, girl, you about to get this because you are a leader. And Miriam had gotten written up the week before. Because Laura had gotten her in trouble. And Laura is this cute little girl with this little mousy face and this curly hair. But she has attention issues. So, for instance, one day I came in the classroom and Laura had taken a piece of colored paper and ripped it into all of these little shreds. And it was all over the floor and all over her desk. Um, Another day, um, I turn around and... 
Laura and the boy who sits next to her, even though there's like a glass wall between them, on some level, he had managed to, now this is the little boy that moved to the back of the room, he had managed to stick his pencil under the plastic thing and he was poking Laura with it. But she had, (laughs) she had taken the pencil, broken it, and threw it on the floor. So I'm like, what the, what are y'all doing? Like, what is going on? So Laura has her own little issues. Now, the day that Laura and Miriam got in trouble, when I told them that I was put writing them their names down and they could no longer they were playing with the water bottle while I was teaching a lesson. And I told them you cannot bring water in here tomorrow. The next day, do not bring water in here. And that's a that's a tough call, y'all, because um we have days like this past weekend where the electricity just goes off. Like yesterday, the electricity went off, went on, went off, went on. And now everything, even though we're off today, right now we're running on a generator. I don't know if they're flying an electrician in right now or not, but we got a message saying the generator is eventually going to go out. So, hey, you need to go to the store and get you some candles. <laughs> so that's, you know, this is the nature of the beast of where I am. So anyway... A kid not having water in the class is kind of detrimental because they are they are allowed to have a water bottle, but they, you know, you're not going to play with water in my class. So I made them throw the water bottles away with water in them, and I told them you cannot bring water bottles in here tomorrow. And I'm writing you down on the discipline list. Well, Miriam panicked because Miriam's mama I don't know who her mama is, but she be getting in her stuff. So Miriam is very much the kid who. She's growing up and she's starting to feel herself a little bit. And she's starting to kind of want to be disobedient, but she don't want to get caught. Laura don't give a fuck. Laura don't care at all. Laura actually shrugged her shoulders when I said that. She was like, mm, I don't care, whatever. So going back to Shada, my thing is this. Oh, anyway, after class that day with Laura and... Uh, Miriam, I told Miriam, I said, you have to be careful about the people you choose to uh, be your friends. I said, you just got in trouble. And, and I had Laura in there, too. I said, Laura doesn't care. Laura shrugged her shoulders. And whether she's going to get in trouble or not, she's led me to believe by shrugging her shoulders that it's not a big deal. Maybe she gets in trouble so much that if it's not something crucial to her parents, then they're not going to address it. I said, but you, however, I know you're going to go home. And when your mother finds out that your name is on this discipline list, there's going to be a price to pay. And she was really upset, y'all. The little girl, her eyes, was she was watery. You know, eyes had watered up. And she was just like, fuck, I'm going to get in trouble, whatever. But I told her, I said, but you're a leader. And sometimes leaders have to learn really hard lessons. Sometimes leaders have to learn really, really, really hard lessons. And that was the that was that moment last week. So this week, Shada is like arguing with me. And I'm like, don't argue with a brick wall right in front of me. I said, even if I had been at the back of the room, Shada, I probably would be taking your name off this list right now. But you I was right. I said, you have power, but I have ultimate power in this classroom. And the person who has ultimate power gets the last word. And the quicker the other people with power realize who the person with the ultimate power is, the more powerful they become. Right? So it's quiet. We're all standing in this circle. Shada's still waiting for me to change my mind. And that little Miriam comes up to her friend and says, leaders have to learn lessons. And Shada just melts in that moment. And she was like, I know, but this is so not fair. And Miriam, with her hand around Shada, just nicely and with all the compassion in the world, leads her out of the classroom. But Shada's going to be a beast, y'all. I, I'm, I'm going to have to have several conversations with her, several, several conversations with her, because she has the potential to be a mean girl. She has the potential because that mouth, she she will not hold back. She will not. She don't care. She'd be like, "Uh uh-uh, you're not finna do this to me. You're not finna. I don't care who. She's that girl. And she's also the girl who's like coming up to me, sizing me up. 
So she's, she's, she's in her power. And, and in the sixth grade, she's, she's seeing herself in a bigger way. And, and that, I think that's good. I just think it's so dope. I think it's so dope. But um, what you not going to do? So I'm hoping that next week will be a better week for us. Um, it was a good week anyway. I mean, I think she really, because she had Miriam's support and because she knows that I, I, ta- I spoke to her out of a place of pure compassion and pure understanding. Um, because when I was growing up, I was a mouth. I'm still a mouth. I'm more Sagittarian than I am Scorpio on any given day. Um, and my mother used to always say to me, you need to be a lawyer. But my mother never knew what other occupations existed for people like me. So I, that wasn't going to happen because being in law was some Having to really defend other people is something that I was like, mm-mm. Because I don't know if they did it or not. And I'm not going to try to convince somebody that they did or did not do it when I don't know if they did or did not do it just for the money. Anywho. So that was kind of this week. Another thing that happens is that I'm realizing this week, y'all, is that these teachers are falling apart. They're falling apart. People are screaming. People are crying. People are quitting the job. People are getting sick. All kinds of stuff. As a matter of fact, today, I always have to figure out what today is. Today is Friday. Yesterday was Thursday. Wednesday, Mr. Rami and I were sitting in the teacher's uh, office after right before... It was either 8th period or ninth period. It couldn't have been ninth period. It was 8th period. And there's a classroom right across one of the back doorways of the teacher's lounge. And I heard this door slam open. And the teacher's lounge door was closed. And we have like just a little glass panel where you can see people walking back and forth. And I hear a man's voice go, you are a very naughty boy. You are a naughty boy and you're going to go to see the director. You are a naughty And I see this dude walking by with this kid. And I stopped because I'm like, that sounded very, 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 very. That sound is so scary. You are a naughty boy. Because let me tell you what I heard. I heard, motherfucker, you ain't finna do this. Like, what the fuck? I heard all the cuss words in you are a very Nazi boy. Like, this teacher is struggling with language right now. Because whatever just happened in the classroom, it had, it was, it was, you're not finna make it to home plate. You done got to third base with all this bad behavior. And I am not about to let you slide in the home plate. So I get up, I tell Mr. Rami, hold on. So I get up and I go across the hallway and I look in and it's just all of these like 11th graders, maybe, maybe somewhere between 10th and 11th grade. And they're all sitting there quiet. And I look at them and I go, y'all all right? And they're like, yes. And I was like, okay, close the door, go back into the teacher's lounge, close that door. And me and Mr. Rami are like, oh shit, what's going down? I see the guy go back. I see the shadow of the guy or the image of the guy go back into the classroom. He shuts the door. Literally 30 seconds later, he's coming back out and he's walking some girl out. And he's like, y'all, it's Mr. Jinx. Mr. Jinx has lost his shit with these kids. Like, (laughs) my homie, Mr. Jinx, has had, like, cup runneth over. So he's walking some girl out and he is, he's so mad. He don't see nothing happening around him. So me and Mr. Rami go across the hallway and I just kind of, I go in like nobody had to be with me at this moment because I'm like these kids, because I've already heard these stories about these kids, how a lot of them have money and they will say stuff to you that, you know, um, that's out of line. And I'm not, I'm not eager for that day to happen because I'm telling y'all, I will be back on a plane. I, you know, I'm just like, I don't care who your parents are. You're not going to come here and talk to me any kind of way. Now, I will say this. I am covered by the blood of being a great teacher because I come from great teachers. So it's rare. It's very, 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 very rare that I have run in with kids because I'm really good at meeting them where they are. And creating 
some kind of bond so that I don't normally have one or two bad ones. But by the end of whatever period of comfort that we have to get through, they normally have a classmate that's telling them, hey, I'm kind of enjoying this class. So could you kind of enjoy it, too? And it kind of um, disarms any bad behavior that I have. I'm not the perfect teacher. But I definitely don't go into a classroom with the objective of just to teach. I'm a human and I'm never getting paid enough. So it's very easy for me to walk into a classroom and take my time sliding into the learning process. I have to look kids in the face. I have to kind of get a sense of who they are. So I know for a fact that Mr. Jinx is not interested in that. He's been here two years and um, the life has been sucked out of him to a certain extent. And I know that, too. I know what it's like to see an educator um, slowly lose the glow you know that last dragon glow? He's got the Anyway, I just had like the whole end scene playing my head. So, but Mr. Jinxon lost his shit, y'all. So, I go in the classroom and I just tell the kids, basically, look, Mr. Jinx could be anybody. I don't know what just happened, but it is your job to keep the peace. It is your job not to be problematic. And one of the boys was like, but miss, he doesn't even teach us. He's just up here. Do-. I said, listen, if you don't like it, just be quiet and take it. It's only one class out of a whole day. And I get it. It's at the end of the day, but this looks bad on you. This looks bad on your household. It's looked bad on your parents. It looks bad on your character. And it's going to come back on you. And this little girl laughing. I said, you think it's funny? And she, and she instantly just kind of straightened her face up, you know, because that's what they do. Kids want to test you because they see that they've gotten you. And once they see that they've gotten you, it is now your job as the adult to be like, okay, they got me there. But am I clever enough? Do I have enough in me to juke this moment? Go around them, turn around, backflip, whatever I got to do. Shoot the ball and make the, make the points. So she's laughing. I'm like, you think it's funny? Well, she, they don't know me. I don't even know who these kids think I am because I am the only black woman on this campus. And I don't mean, um, I mean, like, dark skin. Like, I, I'm it, y'all. I'm the token. And I'm starting to feel like that's why they hire me. But that's another podcast for another day. But I'm the token. And I don't say much in the hallways at all. Even sometimes the kids will say hi to me and I'll just, I'll, I'll smile with my eyes, I'll smile. But I don't speak a lot. So I know for a fact that these older kids who just see me, they probably think I'm African. And by blood and DNA, yes, I am. But I'm as American as they come. I'm as I am as American as apple motherfucking pie. And I come from a place where what I come from the well, what you're not gonna do. That's where I come from. What you're not gonna do is. <laughs> so they're listening to me, they're looking at me. I don't even know if they're processing more than they're like, wait a minute. She does not sound like she's Nigerian. She does not sound Kenyan. Like, who is this woman all of a sudden? And I had on my Nina Simone shirt. So we we in a zone. Like, they looking at everything about me. But I told these kids, I said, what goes around comes around. And I said, the more you disrespect adults, when you become an adult, somebody's child is going to disrespect you. You got it coming. You might be on a bus. You might be at the hospital. It might be your own children. So you need to learn how to find some compassion and keep your heart good. I don't know where I got that from, but I've been saying it lately. Like, you got to keep your heart good. Keep your heart in a happy space. Keep your heart in a respectful place. Keep your heart in a compassionate space. Especially for people you do not know. He might be a bad teacher. But they hired him. Your people hired him. People who look like you hired him. 
And your parents do not send you to this place to disrespect him. And if they do send you to this place to disrespect him, if they do back you up and say, well, he's British or whatever, or he's not a good teacher anyway. You need to write that down in a journal and start processing it as a young person and figure out what's going on in your household. And I walked out, Mr. Rami, I don't know what he said to them. And I went back over to the room, to the teacher's lounge, closed the door. And when Mr. Rami came in, he was like, wow, that was powerful. They really like you. I was like, I don't care. I need them to like Mr. Jinx. I need them to like him enough to respect him because that was a scary moment. This was a moment where... A real out-of-control teacher would have punched a kid. This is a moment where a real out-of-control teacher would have really, really, really jeopardized their own well-being for the sake of a kid who cannot even pay a bill. And I can't believe what is going on around here. Because I'm telling y'all, people are literally getting sick. Because they're trying to cope. They're drinking coffee. I don't know what they're doing after they get, you know, when they get off work. But it's kind of like, you know, my roommate, she's, she's out. She went out sailing today. And she was like, I just got to do something to take my mind off all of this. And I'm like, I need to keep my mind on it. Because I can't get caught slipping. I'm not interested. One time when I was at Lancaster, when I first got there, I mushed a kid. Like, I put my face, because he kept talking shit. He just kept. And after I mushed him, like, actually, while I mushed him, like, when I had my hand on his face and was, like, pushing it back, I knew I was, I knew. I was like, girl, you done lost your job. And the first thing the kid said, I'm going to tell my grandmama. And I was like, who the fuck is your grandmama? Well, his grandmama worked at the school. I didn't even know it. This was like fifth week of school. So I don't even know this kid from Adam. But he was one of those kids who had all of these adults in the school system around him to protect him. But when, when, none, of, when, when none of those adults was around, this kid was a monster. And he said some stuff to me that I was like, yo, dog, I don't know who you think you're talking to. But I am not the one. And I... <laughs> now, do I put my kid hands on kids now? No. Cuz that it scared me. I'm not going to lie. It scared me, scared me, scared me. But that kid also later at the end of the year was like, "Hey, Miss Pencil. Miss Pencil, you was one of my favorite teachers." But you're a monster. When you and your feelings, you got all of these adults telling you, don't let nobody do this and don't let nobody do that. And I get it, y'all. I really do, because I would never want to think that somebody would put their hand on one of my nieces and nephews. But I got some nieces and nephews who I absolutely know they have it in them to push the buttons of an adult. And it would be hard for me. It would be hard for me. To just automatically put myself on the side of a child. Because what's happening is adults are empowering them in ways that they're not ready to handle sometimes. And here, the privilege is out of control for some of the kids. And it's weird because I'm like, y'all sitting in wooden seats. I don't know what y'all think being rich is, but this ain't it. Y'all got lights going out. Like, we don't have no electricity right now. Like, the internet ain't on. And it's okay. That ain't rich. That's not wealth. We got to wait for the electrician to get here? Where is he coming from? Istanbul? Are they flying him in from Morocco? I don't know. So the sense of, of privilege is something that I'm having to learn about the culture here. And you can see it on some kids, and on some kids you can't. You really don't notice who's getting beat at home until you threaten them with putting them on the discipline sheet. And I did not think writing a kid's name down on a discipline sheet would put the fear of God in them, but it happens, and y'all should see it. I'm talking about kids falling on their knees. I'm talking about kids melting in tears. I'm talking about kids... 
If they could jump out of the first floor window after you put their name on the list, thinking they were committing suicide, they would. It's an amazing um, effect on some of the kids, on most of the kids, on like 80%. You write that name down, they're going to stay after class and go, Miss, please take my name off that list. But my leaders... Mm-mm. That ass gonna get beat today. But it's gonna make you a better person tomorrow. Because what you're not gonna do is infringe, encroach, impress, influence your young self upon me just because you have leadership skills. Now that I see you have leadership skills, I'm gonna help you nurture and learn how to use that power to lead and not to be pulled in by a follower and it's a beautiful lesson to learn because once you learn it other students and other people begin to see the real leader in you and if you can develop that at at the sixth grade level you're gonna be a beast by the time you graduate and most of us should have been so lucky because most of us are leaders But we end up in these education systems where you're being taught by adults who never got to grow up themselves. So now that they grown, all they want to do is tell you what to do and how to do it. And they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to be held accountable for their mistakes. They want to hold the whole group accountable for the mistake of one or two or three. I'm telling y'all, I'm made from good. I come from good teachers. I come from great teachers. Some of them were slightly abusive. Miss Buchanan, Jan Irvin. Yeah. PTSD from that one. But she taught my parents. She taught my uncles and aunts. Let me tell y'all about Miss Buchanan and I'm gonna let this go. Miss Buchanan was my first grade teacher. Was she first or second? Y'all know what? I can't remember who my first and or my second grade teacher was. My kindergarten teacher was Claudia Walker. And then first grade, I don't remember. Second grade, I don't remember. And then third grade, I had Julie Bangle. So Miss Buchanan was either first grade or second grade. Either way, Miss Buchanan had a classroom that had a bathroom in the back. And Miss Buchanan used to smoke them dark brown, uh... Were they Marlboros? I don't know what. She smoked the dark brown old school cigarettes. And she would go in that bathroom and smoke her cigarette while we would be in class doing our work. Well, Ms. Buchanan uh, was my first real handwriting teacher. And if you didn't write the way Ms. Buchanan wanted you to write, she called it chicken scratch. And she was very uh, harsh uh, verbally. She wasn't a cusser or anything like that, but... She was really good at making you feel small when you didn't do what she wanted you to do. Um, but she was a good teacher. Um, I cannot separate. It's like it's like being married to Miles Davis, where it's like you're a genius, but you're abusive, right? So when we wouldn't write our letters the way she wanted us to write them, she would make us put our hands out and ball them up, and she would you with a ruler she would pop your knuckles with a ruler so that is why me monica rockmore overton fully love kendra and lewis eddie thomas kevin williams monica jordan uh who else was in that class with me we all have like crazy good handwriting like when we write people be like your handwriting is so good (laughs) And my handwriting is immaculate. I have like 800 different handwritings, y'all. I really can write any kind. I can mock handwrite. I can look at your handwriting and I can pretty much mock it. The only handwriting I've never been able to mock was Jacqueline Jones Harvey. Because she writes like she was born in the Victorian era. But I write well because... Juanita Buchanan exercised the chicken scratch out of my hands. But she was also the person who brought music into our classroom, and we really didn't need to. She had a teaching assistant that was from Bishop College who used to come in, and she would allow this woman to teach us other things. 
So we learned the music in me. We learned there was a hold. Um, and we also, I never learned it, but we learned how to count on our hands in a way. I don't even remember that. I would have to ask one of my classmates because that was, I probably got, uh, I probably got my knuckles uh, popped for that too. It was some kind of way that we had, we learned how to do math with our hands. And I never figured that out. I'm just coming around to accepting the fact that I can be a good mathematician, that I can have a healthy relationship with numbers and with money. So I'm working on that right now. But Juanita Buchanan was one of my great educators. Julie Bangle was one of my great educators. She was SM, She was working on her master's at SMU while she was teaching us. Or maybe she was working on her bachelor's. I don't know. I know she went to SMU. And one time she took the class to SMU where we got to be in our roller skates. I didn't get to go. My mama didn't let me go, but my classmates told me about it. But they got to skate in their roller skates on the campus of SMU. And Julie Bangle read to us Pollyanna. And from Julie Bangle, we went to... Miss Reed, I don't know what that little white lady's name was. Robin something. She was terrible. She used to spit on us. And I don't mean like intentionally spit, but when she talked to you, she would spit on you. And But that's where we met Coach Clardy. Hey, it's for horses. I like jello. When you see me, you say hello. I had some amazing educators, y'all. Elementary school was the bomb. Middle school, not so much. Lancaster, white people, not interested. High school, Lancaster, got thrown out of the athletics program. Terrible. Miss Walker was my, um, I had a um, math teacher named Miss Walker. She was the only person who poured into me. She was the only person who said, hey, I need you to start coming after school. I really want to see you pass this class. And it was an algebra class. I don't remember any of my other teachers at Lancaster. I kid you not. There was one lady who had big titties in middle school. I don't remember her name. But then I get to high school in Maryland where I have Mr. McDonald, who was my accounting teacher and who was my shorthand teacher. I had Nan Hamburger, who I looked up not too long ago, and I think she committed suicide. I, pre- I really think my English teacher from 11th grade committed suicide. And then there was Mr. Hershey, my senior English language arts teacher. Anyway, but if I remember my teachers, that means there was something about them. I remember faces. I don't remember names. I remember I had a middle school teacher in Lancaster who she had a literal hump in her back. And Molly and them used to laugh at this one, laugh behind this woman's back all the time. And she hated us. She hated us. But it showed in her body. She had a literal hump. Anyway, thus is life. We are in school. That shot a story, and I hope y'all enjoyed it. I have more to come. Thank y'all for supporting the podcast. Thank you for giving the 99 cents a month or the 4.99 a month. Thank you for um, subscribing. Please share it with somebody else because when this year is over, I'm going to be out. 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 So I know a lot of y'all who I've never really been around. You're getting to know me through this podcast, and I'm really thankful for that. Um, I'm grateful for your presence in my life, and I'm thankful for your support. Y'all take it easy. Be good. Be good. Be good. Be God. Peace.